Let's start with some tough love, all right? You two suck. Say my name. That's what the kids call Prissy guy with the mustache. You're listening to Inside the Gillivers talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. Brought to you by Stewart Travel Guitars. See the incredible stowaway travel guitar at stewartguitars.com. Also brought to you by Idea Bench, makers of hot rod inspired pedal boards and pedal board accessories at ideabench.com. Microphones for Inside the Gillivers are brought to you by Rode Microphones. Now, please welcome your hosts, Tom Schnauz and Eric Broadbent. It's showtime, folks. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Inside the Gillivers. My name is Eric Broadman. We'll be talking all things Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. It comes with great pleasure, as always. It doesn't need any introduction, but we're going to give him one anyways. Our co-host, Mr. Tom Schnauz, writer, director, and producer for Breaking Bad, and obviously uh, Better Call Saul as well, too, and 2020 Emmy Award nominee. My friend, episode four, nice to have you back. How are you? I'm doing great, and I should say hi to my mom, who watches every every week? Is she watching? Back in New Jersey. Great. So hi, mom. And uh, tonight, another great guest, one of my favorite people. Uh, you know, Jonathan Banks has a nickname for me on the set, which is the Little Prince. Betsy came up with a beautiful name for me, which I much prefer. She calls me Sunshine Tom. The lovely Miss Betsy Brandt. Welcome, Betsy. Hi, guys. Hi, Sunshine. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Nice to have you back. Well, I'm not back, but back since yesterday. But yeah, it's great to have you here. Yeah. Great to be here. Does everybody know that's me playing the guitar in the opening music? Yeah, well, it's in the end credits. It's your oh, list there. Yeah, because I just, I, I want my shout out. <laughs> well, wearing a Van Halen shirt, that's, I would expect you to be a guitar player. I know, right? I told you I was going to. This is so old. I mean, it was old when I bought it. I got it vintage. Some job in Canada at a... Uh, vintage shop and i was like oh my god that's cool i'm glad i'm glad you wore it did now did you did it take you a while to find it because i know yesterday you said you had to i I knew exactly where it was i know it's important it's like what we live in la like there's always something in your mind you're like what would i grab in case of a fire (laughs) (laughs) getting close and i had half an hour not many t-shirts this would probably be one of them well i have like this band so i feel like i kind of grew up like, and you know, when I started running, you know, I would run to Van Halen and yeah, it's all, you know, come on, they're great. Awesome. Well, that's good to know because years ago, not even that long ago, but a year and a half ago, two years ago, this was all of completely all of Van Halen themed show. And of course, you know, there's only so many people that love Van Halen in the world, lots of them. But we thought we'd start, you know, throwing some spaghetti on the walls, we say here in Canada and see what sticks. And I uh, started doing some, you know, showbiz talk. And here we are. Tom's here now, part of it. And it couldn't couldn't be a more fun thing to do on How a Friday night. How did you guys hook up? I'm pointing at the two of you. I'll let you tell, I'll let you <laughs> tell the story, that's Tom. That's happening right now. You, Tom, Tom will tell you the story. <laughs> I twisted his arm, but he'll tell you the story. Oh, I love it. Was it. A, it was a glory hole in uh, 7-Eleven uh, oh. somewhere on Route 66. I told That's you not to say that version. He, he, uh, he, hi, Mom. Uh, yeah. Re- <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I got, no, I feel like I need to clean up my mouth. Because, you know, I love your mom, and your mom's listening. I, I don't want her to think less of me. Or would she think more of me? She would think more of you. Probably. I feel like she would. Herself. She, knows, she knows you. Um yeah, I mean, Eric just reached out to me on on Twitter and said, "You want to be? You want, would you uh, interview as part of his show?" And I did, and and then uh, several weeks later, he asked me, "Do I want to co-host an Inside the Gilliverse?" And here we are. That's that's yeah. it. That, that, that simply. Yeah, I, I, I asked my wife, "Do you think I should do it?" And she said, "Go have fun." Good. Oh, I love that. I love that you do because. Um, out of all the people that we know, you're one of the people that has known Vince the longest. I have been inside the Gilliverse a long time. That sounds dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant that way. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I love how close you are. Well, you've been you've been in the Gilliverse a very long time. What, <clears throat> how would you describe? What does it smell like to you inside the Gilliverse? Oh, how, good one, Tom. And there is a right answer to that. I asked Vince what the answer is, and I want to see if anybody gets it. Oh my God! What's the um, I'm not, I think there, it's a complex smell, but there's a little bit of rosemary in there. <laughs> okay. I didn't see it was comfortable. It could be. Well, you know what, there's no wrong answer, actually. There huh? is a wrong answer? There's no wrong answer. Oh, there's no wrong yeah, answer. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take rosemary. But the, actually, the correct answer is a combination of bacon and fear is the smell. 
Okay, now you got me a bacon because Canada, that's that's we're born with bacon and, and our, with our birth certificates. Matter of fact, our birth certificates are made out of bacon. But I never thought about the fear. I would have said Coco Bolo, Coco Bolo would. That, but see, I'm wrong as well, too. So there Palo you go. Santo, um, bacon is a gateway meat. When we started Breaking Bad, I didn't eat meat. And then I, now I'm back on, I'm strong. I'm stronger than ever. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that because of Dean Norris? Did he, is it, whose fault is that? Um, a Gruet Steakhouse. I went and ordered and I was like, you know, I haven't had like a be- like a piece of red meat in, I don't know how many years and like 12 years, probably at that point. And I, although I would eat bacon when I was pregnant, which is why I call bacon the gateway meat. There and, um, I like all but when I ate that steak, I was like, I but like all but like licked my plate that night. It was, it, it, was, it was so, I felt so dumb. I didn't eat it for so long to each his own. Like everybody's got to do what they got to do, but I missed it the entire time. I didn't eat it. Um, there is one person on our show who eats meat, but not um, any sort of pig and doesn't eat. And I made a quiche for them like a year or so ago. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to put bacon in it because I think they don't eat. And you know why? Because um, this person told me that pigs cry human tears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's tough. It makes it even more delicious to me. There you go. I worked with a pig and then I didn't eat bacon for a month. This was like a year, two years ago. Um, but his name was Pig Newton and I kind of fell in love with him. I was like, this is the coolest dog ever. The coolest dog ever. I mean, he weighs like 200 pounds, but he is the coolest dog ever. And how did Pig Newton taste later? Um, no, I would never. I can't. I have to believe he didn't even know that bacon. <laughs> I have to believe they, they weren't neighbors. They didn't live by each other. There was no no connection. I, I have to believe that so I can sleep at night. It, it's hard okay. when you get attached. We covered bacon. Now what? Money? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's hard when you get attached to animals or with 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 you know food that's meat. On a farm growing up, we had chickens and goats and ducks and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I I was little and I'd see the chickens running around and and I got to be friends with them. You know, there's there's Harriet, there's so and so, there's Rooster Bob, whatever, blah blah blah. And then it would come I time for dinner. Like it's a it's a one way relationship. Your friendship with the chickens. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's one way. Can I hear a little more about that? <laughs> well, there, there, there was no, there's nothing to the friendship, but only the fact that when it come dinner time, I would refuse to you eat named because named them all. You named them. That's fictitious. I had no idea what they're called, and I couldn't even tell the difference between them. But what my okay. mom would do because I would refuse to eat the chickens is she would save a wrap, a wrapper from a grocery store, like the styrofoam wrapper, and have the cellophane over top of it, and she'd say, "Look, it's chicken from the store." And then I got smart out when I turned about 12, 13 years old. I'm looking, I was like, "Mom, that expired four years ago." You know, and and she was just trying to get to get me to eat, right? But but here's here's some questions coming in already. We got some great fan questions. Uh, first one for Betsy already um, from Pinterest fail yes. mom, one of our regulars. She says, "Did you have a favorite scene that you shot for Breaking Bad?" That's a good one. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one, isn't it? Great. It's a it's mm-hmm. a tough question. Um. I have to say, and I, I've, I've said this before, it was a, and this was before you were on the show, Tom, so that makes me a little sad. But season one, um, I, it was a really huge, it was just momentous for me when we did the, um, the pillow scene. Oh, yeah. And, and I wish you would have been there that day. It was just, I felt like everybody, we all kind of got what that show could be. I, but then it even exceeded our expectations. But like the crew got so excited, and and it was it was a really phenomenal day, one of the best days I've I've ever had. Um, but God, there's so many. God, there's a there's a lot of a, that. There was it's a it's a tough it's a tough question. It's a tough question. But I'm going to go with that for 400. Well, that sounds good. That's and just good like. Luck. Like yesterday, you're saying to me as well too. There's you're going going over some of the movies that you've done, and you're like, "Oh, I forgot I was in that one." And it's that's a good problem to have, you know. That makes me sound no, but like that no, seriously, no. It's the drinking. There you go. <laughs> Who is in that? <laughs> Following up with more. Here's another one from. Let me that see. Silent movie. Yeah, silent movie. They're coming in fast and furious. Uh, from Karina. Um, 
she said, and I didn't even know about this. So the, I, I don't ever profess to be the most knowing all fan of all shows. Uh, but she says, have you still not watched Hank, Hank's death scene? And I didn't know that you hadn't watched it. Mostly true. We were doing a panel and they played it and I didn't know. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I just, even when he gets shot in season three, three, I, I, I was like, oh my God, no, I, I, and I know he's fine. Listen, I get that it's pretend. I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, um, you know, that actor who like texts as their character and makes, you know, I mean, I do have certain rules on set, right, Tom? Like, (laughs) Cranston can't look me in the eye. (laughs) 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 Only the biggest star on the show. I come in and like bump them a little. Um, But I, I, I I get that it's pretend. I know. And and Dean's healthy. And I knew that. And I knew he was, you know, and the funny thing is, is Vince told me about it and didn't tell Dean that he was going to get shot. Oh no. So I knew I didn't tell Dean because I was worried he would, be stressed about it and but I did tell his real wife um and then uh but you know Vince told me he was going to be fine he was going to you know need to recover and convalesce but he would you know survive um but even watching that scene it's like I swear to god my blood pressure rises and it's just not healthy for a person yeah to be yeah. stressed out by their television <laughs> so I just how did Vince tell you before? That's amazing. I didn't I know think that. He meant to tell me. I think he sometimes just tells me stuff. You know, <laughs> I know a lot of shit about you, Tom. Remember? Well, I got to throw something in there about Tom for a quick second because when Tom was doing all this really cool behind the scenes stuff over the past week, which is phenomenal, someone asked him the question about uh, you know when when uh, and, and and Betsy, I know you haven't watched a ton of uh, uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, or at least it's not all of it, but not what, lately. yeah. But there's a scene actually uh, in the in the very in the very first season where he's talking to Betsy and Craig Kellerman, who we had on last week, and he's using the the styrofoam tube and he's talking like a sex like there's someone coming for you like this, and it's supposed to be the, like a sex robot sound. And even and Kim says you didn't do the sex robot voice, did you? And Tom 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 says, well, it was me that came up with that idea. And on Twitter, I was like. Uh, why does it not surprise me, number one, that that was Tom? And number two, Tom, what did you use for the comparison for that sound? Did you have like a sex robot? You know what I mean? Well, more than one. You have... <laughs> yeah, I have a whole stable of sex robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was just, you know, we talked about a voice like wax paper and comb. How would how was Jimmy going to disguise his voice? And we settled on the tube with the paper around the end with the rubber band. And uh, I mean, it was just a throwaway joke line. I didn't... Yeah, it sounded funny, so I put it in. That's that was it's as simple as that. That was cool, though. Here's some more great questions coming in in the chat as well, too. I'll try to keep up as fast as I can. And thanks to my beautiful Sandra Lee for funneling them to me because I wouldn't see them without her. Uh, Mrs. Ignacio Varga uh, asks, uh, and, and this might have been something you've already answered in a way when we're talking about those difficult scenes. But she says, uh, "What was the most challenging thing you've experienced while shooting Breaking Bad?" And t- you can exclude Tom from this. I know Tom's always difficult, but what was one of the most uh, challenging things that you experienced while working on Breaking Bad? Um, the the scene, the awkward guacamole scene, which was an amazing day, but I I I, <laughs> I literally um, was having chest pains. I got chest pains at the and it, it's honestly from just looking at uh, you know. Cranston over and over again and asking him, telling him he should go kill himself, I think is one of the worst things you can say to someone. And I fucking meant it when I said it. And so after doing that, and then we do it from another angle, then we do, you know how this goes. And then, um, and I think I remember at the end of the day, I said, uh, which I often would ask, did we get it? I said, did we get it? And um, we did. And I'm pretty sure I just like started uh, you know, hugging um, Cranston. And I said, oh my God. And then I left the next morning at like four in the morning to go to New York to start working on the Michael J. Fox show, which I was ready to do. I was I was like, let's do a comedy. Um, I have to, just a little time out. I have to say, I, I do 
this is my feelings about Better Call Saul. I um, I binge it and then I have to go away because I feel like they're basically having a party and I am not invited to. It's like my entire Thanksgiving family and they're not having me. Yeah. They're not having me. And then sometimes I get so into it and then I, I, I realize I finally understood the Breaking Bad fans in a way I never did before. It was I can't remember what it was, an interview for something. It was like, don't tell me what happens on that show because I can't watch it at night because I can't watch it and go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't seen it yet. I know we were going to talk about it today. I'm really sorry, but please, 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 please don't spoil it we for won't. me. No, I promise you yesterday we wouldn't talk a lot of salt tonight. I mean, this is all, this yeah. is all about you So tonight. now I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I got to <laughs> tell you, my, my whole TV viewing has changed too over the pandemic. I don't know if you guys are feeling where I'm like, can I just watch something? Oh, yeah. I, I hear you on that. Butterflies and you know, unicorns poop rainbows, like just something super, super easy. Although tonight we're watching um, American Vandal. We just started that last night. Oh, I haven't seen I heard it's really good. Super funny. And I'm watching it with my kids. <laughs> I want to I see Bill and Ted, but it's not here in Canada like, yet. Look, it's dicks! <laughs> <laughs> Parents would be so proud. I'll, I'll, I'll toss two more questions away from the fans, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tom. Uh, and one question was uh, from Arabella, and, and you kind of already answered it, so I just, but I do want to acknowledge Arabella. She was saying a uh, question for Betsy. What was your reaction when you found out that Hank was going to die? Um, you know, so obviously, you know, you saw the, the you knew about getting shot, whatever. I guess you could still answer that one. When you found out he was going to die, um, that was probably very tough, right? I didn't want to read that script. Yeah. It was 14, right? Was it 14? Yeah, season 5B. Yeah, I I've seen the whole series of Breaking Bad over and over again, but I've probably only seen season five B once or twice because it's it's too difficult. I didn't even want to read it. I know I sound like so tough, don't I? Um, In the whole cast, we were reading the script and we were all, you know, emailing each other. And and I said, if if we don't read it, if I don't read it, does that mean it won't happen? And a big part of that is I also. I think Hank is one of those characters, and I think this about Marie too, even though she's clearly got her stuff. Um, I think like they're good people, and especially in our world, it was a very dark, 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 dark comedy, right? <laughs> it's a dark comedy. Um, and that world was just better with them in it because of their relationship with each other and just who they were. Like, you know, a lot of times, even when Marie was just being a pain in the ass, she really believes she was doing the right thing. You know, she's like the antithesis to Walt. Um, and then I also like, I loved working with Dean so much and I, I knew the whole thing was coming to an end and, but it was really hard for me to let him go. Um, but I apparently couldn't convince him to stay. <laughs> Tom tried to. <laughs> like, really I tried to kill him in season three, but he wouldn't die. We just show up, yeah. <laughs> um, there is another really good one here as well, too, and this was from the Saul Goodman account. And by the way, we have to talk about the Saul Goodman account later on tonight as well, too, because it was a contest for one of these shirts. We'll talk about that. Uh, so, yeah, Saul Goodman Twitter. Um, fun fact, she was pregnant during season two of Breaking Bad. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. That's yes, good. I made a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cooked a person. They were cooking meth. I was cooking a, a little boy. <laughs> yeah. Bun in the oven. Uh, 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 Blazy Gardner says, or asked uh, if, Marie, if, if Marie made a cameo, I'd better call Saul. I mean, we've already had Hank there already in season five. Yeah. Um, how, would, how would you want it to happen? Oh. Oh, come on. I don't do that with these guys. Like, I don't. <laughs> I would like. <laughs> it would be a nice call, though, wouldn't it? It would be a nice phone call. You. You would hear stories about, um, you know, I'm an actor. I've heard stories about the, you know, actor goes into the writer's room and is like, you know, maybe this, maybe pitching, you know, and like half the time, if I'm going to pitch a story, it's like a vacation. Like I would do that on Life in Pieces. I was like, how about Hawaii? How about <laughs> wherever, Australia, where, like anything. I'm like, whatever you want to have happen there, but let's let that be the location. I like now, all those pictures. I don't do that with yeah. these guys. I would never do that with these guys. With I mean, I, mean, I just wouldn't go to, I, I would happily, um, <clears throat> in case anyone's listening, I would happily come back. <laughs> um, the truth is, though, I just miss her. I miss playing her. And the last time I played her, um, I was already onto, you know, my the job, I, the Michael J. Fox show, which I shot in New York after Breaking Bad. 
And um, I went in and looped, did my last looping, and I was uh, heartbroken after was I walked it for the finale. The- was it? Did yeah. you loop something for the finale? Yeah, and you know I was in there alone, and I like it was just I didn't have any of my family, you know, my TV family around, so. Um, it was really, and then I went and, you know, made some jokes with Mike Fox after, but it, um, it was very bizarre and I, but it felt so good to play her. Like I, and I was like, man, like I, she was, I, I loved playing that character. I'm not saying I'd want a vacation with her, but I sure did have a blast playing her. A great character. Did you keep any purple props? I see the, uh, Eric's got the purple lights in the background. I there. did that. Oh, yeah. Come That's on. You know, you. I stole shit. That's yes. <laughs> I stole shit while we were working. <laughs> I know you stole stuff for me. You stole a spoon for me. <laughs> I still have it. Still, um, I'm, I'm, they probably had to restock the air fresheners and the car wash. I would just give them to a couple people on the crew that, you know, they're having a tough day. Or just to brighten it up, just make it smell better. This one smells like Vince Gilligan. <laughs> this one smells Bacon like Vince Gilligan. Bacon and fear. Bacon and fear. Fear. I, I want to turn this over to Tom right away, but I got, there's a super chat that just came in. I want to make sure I acknowledge that. And I really apologize. I'm trying so hard to keep up with all the fan questions. Uh, from Shawshank Vichari says, what was the most memorable thing a fan of Breaking Bad has said or gifted you? So sometimes maybe these, you know, Comic-Cons, people bring up something for you or, uh, you know, have, has there been something that's really stood out that they've done for you or given you um, in your travels that's been a fan of the show? Um, I have... Um a fan who is also a, a lovely person and her name is Sam. And she, um, a few months ago, two months tops named her baby after me. Wow. Yeah. So there's a, a not Marie, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> there's two Betsy's now named well, after we you. We named uh, Betsy Kettleman after you. I, that I have to say that I was like, I was so, ch- and, and she's so awesome. Julie, Julie's she's like, hilarious. so right? awesome. I was so flattered, like so, so flattered. Um, yeah. And again, they just make me miss them more. I mean, they really make it as difficult as they can to watch that show, but I can't not watch it because it's just, <laughs> it's, it was hard. It was hard to watch Banks go on yeah. our show. But like now we get him in this, which is like yeah, amazing. Amazing. A lot of screen time for him as well. Yeah, and he's too yeah. much if you ask me. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's turn let's turn over to you for a bit. I know you've got some great notes as well too. Uh, take it away, my friend. Yeah, well, uh, look, everybody, I think a lot of people are interested to know how you first got onto Breaking Bad. What was the what was the process? Was it Bialy Thomas that uh, had you worked with them before? How did you yeah, uh, get in I, there, get on their I radar? Them, and I, I met them. They were one of my first auditions when I came to LA, and it was for a play um, that I don't think I got. I, um, but at La Jolla Playhouse because they were casting La Jolla, um, and. I, I met Sherry, and then they, you know, I did some other jobs with them, and they, you know. Them coming in. I always knew if there was something coming from their office, it would be good material. And, uh, but for me, it was, I have to say, I, the first time I was in the room and met Vince, I just, I, I just wanted to work with him. Like you, you can tell, like, it, it's so funny. Like, I, I love what we do. And I, I, I love that, you know, and I guess in a way, like what, what we do is kind of, uh, you know, the business can be glamorous. And as you know, when you're really working in it, it's also really not glamorous. <laughs> um, but I ultimately... It's hey, just, I'm, a, I'm a writer. I know glamour. Yeah. Oh, God. And just, know, ew, my world is nothing but glamorous. You you're like glamour. Um, but we're storytellers, right? And it's like, it, it, I just wanted to, I wanted to take that journey with Vince. And he also was just so lovely. And I... Um, he was talking about eel fishing off of a, off in Santa Monica, off the pier in Santa Monica. Um, and I can't remember who he was with, but he was telling me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm there with you. I have these crawfish in my house. This is true. And I, I had I, I did this play um, with Beth Henley and. 
uh, Ridiculous Fraud, this uh, play that she wrote, and we had um, crawfish in the show. And at first we were, you know, one of the actors holds a crawfish up to the light, but you can tell it's fake and it's not moving. So the props department at the theater went and got crawfish, and we had two crawfish. Um, they were joking. No one would take them home. They were going to, uh, the crew was going to eat them at the end of the run. And I, they were named Andrew and Willow. My character's name was Willow. I brought them home. I put them in an aquarium. I was told they were both dudes. They were not. Um, which I realized when one mounted the other, they would fight. I would separate them. I would I would discipline them with a wooden spoon. And they would. She ripped his arm off while we were away for Christmas, and I had someone like pet sitting them. It's ridiculous. And she ripped his arm off, and then she fucked him. She ripped his arm off. That's, and then and it was that's she, so hollywood that's she uh, was pregnant and then i had all these baby crawfish this went on it went on like from the time um so it just had two she wasn't they were living together everyone had their appendages and then at the end um i was getting ready to go for the premiere we did at sony for season one and um or the pilot and i um saw willow eat one of her babies and it, and it wasn't even a little baby it was sizable it'd be like you know i don't know like you eating like the smallest writer in the writer's room Tom. Oh. Like, it's not so okay gordon. it's not okay and and i and my husband was in another room and he heard me scream so low and he's like i thought something happened with the baby and i'm like no i just saw it I was so disturbed, but I put on the dress and I went and did the red carpet that night and watched the show. And it was great. You got it. It, was all, it all turned out good. But I kept telling, like, every time I would go in, because it takes a long time to get these jobs. Like, you know, well, you know, at that, that point in my career, anyway, you don't go in once and then just come out and get it. And so I would go in and, and I, so I kept seeing Vince. Um, and then I, I kind of didn't know where he was going to, they brought me in for Marie. I kind of didn't know where he was going to put me, but then I think that was where I was meant to be. And I ended up playing Marie and wore a ton of purple and don't have any purple in my house now. <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> Tom knows he's been over. No purple. Who wrote my that? Daughter's bedroom. My daughter's bedroom. She has, she can have purple. Who how wrote many, that purple. How many times did you have to go in and when did you, when did you first audition with uh, Dean? Um, I did an audition with Dean. We we both uh, well, he and I met in the waiting room though before we first went in there. Um, my son's my son's getting a phone call. <laughs> Those are important calls. Um, but I met, I met Dean in the waiting room and we were chatting about the show and like, what is this and what network is this going to be on? And then, um, we didn't work together until the pilot, but it was just easy with him. It was easy, easy. Felt like I'd known him forever. Yeah. But I went in a lot. It felt like a lot. I, I hmm. really don't remember. I think it was three times maybe. Maybe two times, and then I I tested, and then I tested um, on a tape because of the you know the networks was back in New York. Michael Mandel had a really funny story. He shared a very uh, similar experience getting that first audition, and you know he got dropped off in the studio lot. And then, you know, he figured, you know, and being a Canadian like me, we think, okay, yeah, it's just across the street, blah, blah, blah. You know, and he was, he had to go like several hundred yards, whatever, to get to the, the studio. And he's going to be late. Just a bunch of panic and everything, right, Tom? Yeah, very funny story yeah. that he told. We can all go back and watch it in episode two. That's right. <laughs> hey, here's a really good one from, from Paul Sura. Paul Sura is a voice of our show at the start there. Uh, and Tom, you might like this as well, too. He says... Uh, Betsy, if I offered you, uh, if I offered it to you, would you yes. be interested in a spin? Yes. It's not a margarita. It's not a margarita. Um, would you be interested in a spinoff starring in, again, yourself telling the story of the aftermath of the Lambert girl's life? Wait a minute. I thought we were, aren't I doing Keeping Up with the Kettlemans? 
There that you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's right. You're playing that Betsy is you and George Clooney. Yeah, she can all. Let's not spread her too thin here. That's let's right. focus I mean, on Clooney's, keeping Clooney's up with the Kettleman. Norris, but um, <laughs> I'll do it. Let's get. I'll let's, do it. Let's get. To, no one's. It. No one's voted Tom yet. I mean, uh, Dean yet. Let's. Tom will play Dean Norris. How about that? Okay. Want to do that? So, well, we're gonna get Michael Chiklis for that. No, there you go. There you go. They, they get confused a lot. Um, listen, I, I, like, I love these guys so much. I would do, well, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. And also Tom has a lot of dirt on me. So I feel like, I feel a like lot of dirt. A lot. there were stories I wanted to bring up, but I asked, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to be good for either of I us. Said, Tom. Well, we shouldn't talk about certain things. So. But we did realize really quickly, um, that I, I feel like I can say anything to Tom, and so usually I do. <laughs> you know, within minutes of meeting her, she was she was whispering about somebody sticking a, a poop up there. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> and then I said, Hello. Who did I say that to <laughs> me. That was when I said, "Oh my God, I feel like I can say anything to you." That truly is a blessing and a curse. Well, well, I a blessing and a curse. When I asked Tom to be a co-host, I never thought about the aftermath of what that could that could bring. And uh, during the show with Michael Mando, you know, Tom makes a joke about you know, you know, we're we're getting pretty loose pretty quick, whatever. And he says, "Hey, we might be naked by end of the show." And of course, Michael Mando being on the show, you should have seen uh, up until that night. My demographics on my YouTube channel were like a, a hundred point a hundred point one percent male, if that's even possible. And the next day, it was like is like uh, 60% male and female stats were just like through the roof. It's like, thanks to Tom, right? Talk about Michael Mando getting nude. When people hear about me getting naked, it's just, uh, you know, the women flock. <laughs> it's so funny to hear you say um, Michael Mando because like, I feel like everybody just calls him Mando. I never yeah. hear, like... I you should just, officially just drop the Michael. We, I know, because you call him Mando. Like, share. And he can pull it off. Like, not He's, everybody can pull it off, but he can pull that off. I think he, he could. Here's, he, here's oh, Mando. I, I have no doubt. He can totally pull that off. Yeah, like Madonna, like well, Mando. <clears throat> well, I forgot to bring this up with his interview, but we, we, he writes songs and I play guitar and we were going to start a band called Schmando, combining <laughs> our names together. <laughs> I love it. I'll be the backup dancers. I'll there be the, all of them. I'll do. I'll have different hats. I'll put them on. I'll be the backup dancers. Perfect. Here's a couple other good ones coming in through the uh, through the chat as well too. Uh, so Blazy Gardner is asking if Marie knows the Kettlemans. Well, you you're good friends with uh, Julianne, right? Um, yeah, I'm friends with her. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, and here's a really good one. Seems how you're wearing the shirt right now. Andy says. What's and I I'm really interested in the answer to this one. And just like the what's what's the Gilliver smell like? There's no right or wrong answer per se. Uh, what is Betsy's favorite Van Halen song or album? Oh, it might be easier to go with album, maybe because the songs are great. It's like picking your favorite show. You want to try album? Yeah, I mean, um, God. I'll share mine after. Why do you want to share yours first? Okay. All right. No, you go first. No, you go first. Fair warning. Fair warning to me is kind of in the middle. Uh, and it was something if you were to take a, a time capsule of a band, and Tom might have some good input with Pink Floyd because he loves Pink Floyd, what could be a time capsule piece? But if we were to take a time capsule piece, if it would be a song to represent the band in the year, you know, whatever, uh, 500 years from now, I would say Unchained. It represents Van Halen as a whole, the party, the atmosphere, all that stuff. Um, if we were to pick an album, the same album, uh, fair warning. It's just, you know, off the rails, crazy, like flying at a, you know, a million miles per second, about to crash into the walls, but never does. You know, just it, that to me symbolizes Van Halen. That's also my favorite album, my favorite song. So, I mean, there's... there's right, I'm going to be honest with you. I, um, right now is like, I, I just feel like when I hear that, I have to run to it. Yeah. I just, um, it's certainly not their most obscure song or like, I, I feel like, like, like shows true fandom, but mm -hmm. I just like, I, my, um, you know, my mix for uh, when, when I run is I, well, what I say is just like, you know, pretty slutty. It's like all over the place. And, and I love that, you know, I would have pixies and, 
um, in, you know, Van, in rap, in Van Halen, like that would be my Van Halen song that I felt like I could stick in there anywhere and it would just give me a boost. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. There's no real right or wrong answer. And some people come in, they'll say, well, the first album was their favorite because, I mean, it was groundbreaking. And when I used to do the show that was all focused on Van Halen, you know, I'd have someone even like maybe like yourself come on the show and we'd maybe talk about Van Halen for two minutes, whatever. And then we'd talk about what's happening in the actor's world. But what I would always ask people is, you know, what were your thoughts on how they were so groundbreaking, innovative when it comes to manufacturing? As Tom knows as a guitar player, if it wasn't for Eddie Van Halen, guitars as we know them today, and your husband would know, um, they, it would be a different world today without them. So it's very, very cool. Yeah. yeah. And here's one from Saul Goodman Twitter. Uh, says, let's ask her about her vision of her Breaking Bad musical idea. <laughs> the Breaking Bad musical. <laughs> yeah. That... Uh, Anna and I used to, to um, we're pitching that because I know here I'm like, we don't pitch anything, but we did, we were like, let's do a musical because of the writer strike. I'm like, well, we could do songs. And then, you know, uh, Vince had this whole idea about like this obscure, like the blue room. And then we were like, anything happens in there. That's really a writer's dream, right, Tom? That there are no rules once you go into the blue room. <laughs> Um, because what the world needs is Tom, Tom with no rules. That's what we need. We need Tom's imagination to just go wild and no rules. America needs that right now. Everyone thinks it's voting. It's not. We need Tom with no Now rules. is the time. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and Anna and I would sing and dance and, um, yeah, we, we really didn't, weren't concerned with plot points. We were just <laughs> wanting to shoot a couple more episodes and um, despite the writer's strike and uh, sing and dance, and, and that's that was our plan. And prior to me getting to the to the Breaking Bad staff, there I remember there was talk about Marie and Skyler doing a road trip to their dad. Oh yeah. And there was all this talk about they wanted to get Chris Christopherson to play your dad. And I don't remember the details of what that plot was, but I don't I don't know whether it was the writer's strike or what happened that, why that kind of went away. Did you were aware of that? Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, this is going to make me sad a little. I, I, I please love Chris Christophorus and nothing against him, but I was like, what about Peter Fonda? Oh, cool. And he was, and I worked with him before and um, he was a fan of the show. And I saw him at a party after and, um, we had a, a very sweet conversation, but I was like, wouldn't it be great if like, just like he'd still get on a motorcycle. He could be that dad. <laughs> he could be like, you know, Marie and Skyler's dad, like who was Peter Pan and never grew up or, you know, but um, yeah, I, I wish we could have done that. So get on that, Tom, you can write that now. <laughs> It'll be a flashback for, yeah. I don't know how you tied in the Better Call Saul, but it's, that's yeah. figured out in the blue room. Figured it's out. It's just like room. it's just like Better Call Saul. We're just going to go back in time and see these. Yeah. Uh, Skyler and Marie when they were just sisters before they were married. That'd yeah. be really cool. That would be very. I mean, the fans would love something like that. That's that's awesome. Just seeing how that question came from the Saul Goodman Twitter. I want to just take a quick second. Uh, the Saul Goodman account. I'll have Sandra Lee share that. Very popular on Twitter. Uh, they did something very, very special for us to get us some more followers here on Twitter and, uh, of course, on YouTube, which is the most important to us so we can communicate with a larger audience. Uh, we had one of these shirts that I'm wearing right now inside the Gilliverse with Tom and Eric up for grabs, and they went an extra mile as well, too, and provided a, a Saul Goodman little figure as well for persons that uh, followed us and retweeted us and all that kind of good stuff. And we do have a winner. I'd like to acknowledge that person right now. I wrote down the name here, and I know, I, I know her first name. I know her well, uh, but I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, Karina Lyakos, Ly Lyakos, Karina. We know her as Karina in the chat. She won, so she's the winner of the Gilliver shirt. It looks a little different for ladies. It's more like what Betsy's wearing, kind of like the the V cut and the sleeves are a little, you know, it's like a lady shirt, right? So I styled this myself. There you go. So we cut just got to get Karina's myself. address. So Karina, get in touch with us. We'll send you your shirt. And uh, it's not come with the figurine of Bob. <laughs> and we'll get the figure. We'll get the figure uh, you uh, from get that. But you like. I mean, can we talk about that for a second? Because I'm also a fan of, of, like, how funny that, like, you know, Bob shows up. And, you know, listen, like, Vince knew he wanted Bob for that role. And then and now it's, like, to see him do this whole other thing is just, like, it's so fantastic. It's, it's really fantastic. 
It's fun. I don't think I even understood how good of an actor he was when we started. Bob knew. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if Bob knew. Um, It's so great. And I, God, I just, I love him and Banks together. Yeah. Really, like from the very beginning, that was just, but... I mean, some of it, it's it, it's like, it's such good television and it's all of, it, it hurts me a little, but mostly I'm happy for you guys. <laughs> mostly I'm happy for you. Um, but it just, I, it just reminds me, I'm like, oh my God, I, I, we had it so good. I had it so good. It's, it's a, it, it's really, really fun and, and fun to see the characters in the before. Yeah. Like as someone who was in the, the, you know, the next one that came first. Um, it's just, it's, it's thrilling for me, but I remember when Bob joined the cast and I mean, that feels like a million years ago, but I love that that role. And he was so, you know, brought so much, just so much, he just brought so much to our, to our cast. There's one thing I won't say, cause I, you, you talked about no spoilers. So I don't want to spoil this for it, but let's just say there's, there's going to be a scene that you're going to see between Jonathan Banks and, uh, and Bob Odenkirk as well too, between, uh, between Mike and Saul and they have a conversation and it's like, you know, Saul can only talk to one person in the world about this conversation. And it's, it's very, it's just so, you just feel like, oh, you feel. What season are you talking? Season five. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I won't say any more than that, but it's like, you're going to really feel for him. It's like, you know, if you had something, you had something, just something very heavy on your chest and you could only tell Tom. And it's like, I, I can only tell Tom, you know, I mean, all these choices of people you could tell, right? So I'll leave How it. How do you know I haven't had that situation? Okay. <laughs> well, good for I you. I think that's happened. Don't yeah. you say anything, Tom. Don't you. And from our, from our t-shirt winner, Karina, she says, do you think Marie had a lot of hidden animosity towards Skylar because she had kids uh, and Marie maybe felt inadequate for not having any kids? So you've, you have kids in the real world and you know what that's like as a mom. But yeah, and you know you you're very very close, you know, obviously to Holly and 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 uh, Walt Jr. You know, having them over and stuff like that. I could see you kind of being a, a mom to them. But did you have any animosity for for Skylar? It's funny. I don't know if I would. I mean, animosity is an interesting word for that. I mean, jealousy for yeah. sure. But then it was also, um, I think the only way that I it was the closest I had to having my own. You know, I mean, Marie, so, um, but I think it's also, you know, sometimes when, um, and before I had kids, you know, I would see people do this, like some of the people with the most, that want to give the most advice about how to raise kids are people that don't actually have kids. That is like, for (laughs) sure, like, because she just knows about everything and she's smarter than everybody. So, um, I, you know, I think she just was like, oh, you know, Skylar and Walter are going to just fuck these kids up and I'm going to, I'm going to, they're going to be saved because of me and Hank. Um, but, and then it's, you know, you, you see like what happens at the end of this. Are you like, yeah, I guess the kids probably would have been better with, with Hank and Marie. Well, that's a very good but, question. When I try and leave. I mean, that day was a crazy long day, but when I um, try and leave with Holly, it's, I, I think it's the right thing to do. It's not, you know, people are like, she steals a baby. I'm like, no, it's like, save this kid. Like, she's trying to save this kid. I mean, she really believes that. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I don't know that she was complete, that she was wrong. I don't know. No, I think a lot of people present with that option. There'd be, there's, there'd be a few people that'd be too scared to do it. And obviously too scared of even their own safety. Cause you know, Skylar at that point has nothing to, you know, nothing to lose or everything to lose. If you look at it that way, but you know, she could kill yeah. you, she could kill you on the spot. Um, not that she'd shown any signs of that before, but a lot of people put in that situation would grab the baby and run, you know, and just get out of there as fast as you could. And that was such a turning point that episode, because I, And I remember it. I told Anna, I was like, it's so, it was so sad because, you know, Marie realizing that, you know, Walt had anything to do with Hank. um, That's it. Like, that's the, their relationship. And they had been, you know, we always would describe them as war buddies. We're like, I don't know what, who these parents are that raised these two women, (laughs) but clearly there's some stuff there 
and um and I just felt like that was gone and I I always you know I think about where they are now and I I always believed that they you know hoped that they would find some way to to be there for each other again but I I always I loved 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 um their closeness and how they even you know like Marie would just do the shittiest things you know and Skyler would still stand by her and then you know but the 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 you know ultimately it, it just um they agreed to disagree yeah true. That's what call it now right we agree to disagree but it was a good relationship, those two characters, you know, and, and I mean, it's not like you didn't have your problems either. When I say you, I mean, obviously Marie, you know, like battling the the uh, the shoplifting and, you know, uh, kind of a kleptomaniac a little bit. And, you know, uh, Skylar was judging her. Understanding. <laughs> yes. It's a... Yeah. And, and so it goes to show you, too, people that have it all, because, I mean, Hank and Marie were certainly not, uh, you know, not hurting financially, you know, and just because you have things looking really good from the outside yeah. doesn't where mean Where did they that... get their money? Like, where did they get their money? Yeah, that's some good money, wasn't it? I mean, that's a big-ass house. We had a really lovely home. Where did they get their money, Tom? Um, mm. Yeah, I have thought, I'm like, I, I think that they're not saving anything. I think that um, Marie spends it all. Was she it, spends a and some. Was it I think, so I think Marie had certain standards. Yes. And yeah. Maybe, maybe and that, and, and I always, that, even from the pilot, you know, when they, uh, when, when Props asked me about my wedding ring, what kind of uh, ring Marie would have, and I said, just make sure it's bigger than Skylar's because that would <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. That, White gold, yellow gold, whatever, just bigger than Skylar's. Like, by the line. Great uh, picture over the sh the uh, Schrader fireplace of you in a wedding dress. You alone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Who's a whose idea was that? When did that come about? <laughs> Do you remember? I don't know, but I remember that day we did the photo shoot, and, and Dean had his like boss hog hat on. Mm -hmm. But the the one, and I was like, oh, I just, I said, I think it should be so regal. I'm gonna, I want it to be like, I like Marie's just looking down on everybody, <laughs> like as if they're peasants, yeah. you know. And she's like, you know. Uh, but it, it was incredibly fun to do that photo shoot. I th I, that was season two, right? Because I think I was pregnant during the photo shoot. Yeah. Yeah. It was perfect. It was perfect. Uh, before we end, we're getting close to the end here. What any other? projects that uh, you want to talk about that because uh, you have your your movie claire in motion uh that's a couple that's, years old that's i know it's a couple years, years old, old but i saw that it wasn't it recently out on uh i feel like i just saw something promoted about it not that long ago oh you know what i feel like just um right now a lot of stuff is yes i'm sure it's on something I'm sure it's on, I mean, it was on, was it on Showtime? But I'm sure they're, it's probably what Netflix or whatever was on. I should know that. I should know that <laughs> I don't. Um, I did, I actually, and I'm, I, I, I don't know when this is going to air either. Um, but we did the TCAs for it. So I know it's happening sometime soon. Oh, the AMC um, thing. The AMC project that I did, they have this anthology uh, coming out um, that was incredibly fun to do called Soulmates. And um, I, it was a fantastic character for me to play. Um, and it was, it, the whole concept is really fun and it's set in the future. I kind of wish we could go there now because unless, you know, the pandemic lasts that long, but it's like 15 years into the future. Um, Brett Goldstein and, um, and Will Bridges, I created the show and I, and I did get picked up for a second season. I feel like it did. Um, but really, really great, really, really great. And it was incredibly fun to do. And I don't think I've ever played a character like that. Oh, good. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So fun to do. So I already did it and now it's going to air. Um, and that was really, really fun to do. I hope I get to go back and, and do more, but the anthology is fun. Like, and Will worked on black mirror and I, you know, I thought his, he was, you know, he did fantastic work on that show. Um, but it was really, it felt really good to be back at AMC too. You know, like it's so, uh, you know, it's a little different from other yes, numbers. Yes, there you oh, go. Okay, yeah. 
I know I should have my hang on, I'll show you my AMC tattoo also. <laughs> um, Tom over here. AMC over here. There you go. Um, but it was you know, I still remember we all had lunch. Cranston took um the cast out for lunch before we started shooting the pilot. And it was very sweet. And um AMC already had Mad Men, but it hadn't aired yet. And so it was just, it was like, we like, you know, writing the book because it was, you know, scripted was new for the network. And it was really, really fun to be a part of that. And, you know, I remember doing an interview um, with John Hamm and I'm like, well, we grew up together. We like <laughs> TV grew up together. And uh, it was just a really, really fun time. It, it sounds like we do. Would you, would you ever consider opening your own pie shop? Because uh, I've had your pecan pie and uh, also your key lime pie. Excellent. I need to make you more. Are those? Well, see, I always bring pecan to the writer's room because that's Vince's favorite. And Banks. That is, that is my that, favorite as well. And that's Banks. So whenever we are doing any sort of dinner or anything together, I always make him a pecan pie. Um yeah, I'll make you some. I'll drop some pie after. I'm talking about. I want you to make money here. I want. To, I want to. Yeah, use, store. Oh, yeah, you selling pies. Help me with that business. Yeah, Betsy's Bake Shop. Perfect. I like it. I'll help I you. I want to do, do that. So can we launch that today here? Yeah, let's do it. I'll build you a website. That's what <laughs> I do. Put your for orders living. in, people. Put your orders in, and then Tom, you'll drive the pies out to the people. I will drive the pies. Mm -hmm. I mean, what? I'll build you the website. Why everything you say it sounds dirty? Tom. I don't know. It is. It always is. Sunshine down, Tom should just be dirty, Tom. No, you're also one of the sweetest people that I know. <laughs> just a couple. You really are. He really is. I have, so have time for more questions. Go get them. Get some fan questions in. I'll do this real quick. As the fan questions come in, I just want to say thanks to a couple of people as well too. I want to say thanks to our good friends Eamon and Matt. Uh, they actually stood in for Tom and for, I guess in this case, Betsy tonight. We had some technical issues back with the Kettlemans. And it, I mean, it, it was a real tough night for me. I, I took it pretty pretty hard. Uh, some technical issues went wrong. So I wanted to make sure things like that did not happen again. So they helped us greatly. We'll be sending them. Send Ms. Emery, did she cause problems? Did well, she get sassy? It was did all she the, get sassy and, and pull the plug? Yeah, well, it was, she was all the nefarious talk. She was pretty upset with it. And I, I honestly we think. We work together and I want to work with her. Now I'm feeling like. I could be like, oh, it'd be so great, and she's just gonna be mean to me on set, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> it it was it was something else, but to, to be honest with you, it was great. Uh, and uh, let me see, uh, super chat from Shawshank says, "Love this conversation." And for those of you that didn't get a chance to win this cool T-shirt that we gave away, thanks to the Saul Goodman account and ourselves here on the show, you can visit our link that's in the uh, the chat. Broadstash, hence the mustache. Broadstash.com. You can pick one up for yourself, men's or women's. Uh, and thank you everyone for watching this evening as well too. There you go. Hey, there you go. I can do that thing. I can do like the uh, the crazy thing with that as well too. Uh, oh, so, so thank love you, you guys. This was so fun. I'll see you tomorrow. Six. We do six. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not good business. Thing now, yes. I'll start working on your okay. website tonight. We should have it live by about two p.m. tomorrow. Okay, perfect. Yeah, all that perfect. good stuff. I think there might have been one other question here. I, I know we missed a bunch, and I, I'm just gonna scroll up a little tiny bit. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. Um, let me see, Daniel, how much would you love to finally have a Saul and Marie scene in Better Call, uh, Better Call Saul? Oh, that does hurt me. And I still haven't had a scene with Banks. So I say we don't pitch anything. Jonathan and I have been like, what about if Marie comes back? Like, it really, like, the fact that I had a scene with Giancarlo during Breaking Bad was, like, such an amazing treat for me. I had one scene with with Jesse, you know? Like, yeah. Aaron and I had one scene together. And I, re I remember that day, I was like, it's so weird to have you in my house. <laughs> it feels so <laughs> weird. I would love to do a scene with Bob, with Ray. I mean, that whole cast, this cast. Mm -hmm. I, I used to say this. If I was single and dating, I would want Vince to vet any guy I brought around because the writers and the cast, it's like some of the, you know, just incredibly talented, but also like really good people. I always say we didn't have a douchebag in the bunch. And I, it's, it's, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's better Paul Saul too. Like I love hanging out with those guys. You know, it's a, uh, it's really, it's, uh, to get. it's been one of the, one of the great joys of my life, being able to work with this cast and, and crew and writers it's yeah, it's been fantastic. So, um, 
No, no more to say about that. They've done. We did something together, but not on the show. I, so, but you know, I it's it's a goal to you know work my work my way around this cast and and get my time with them, and then Tom and I'll you know we'll do something together again. Well, the energy is very contagious. You know, there's obviously contagions out there that are, are bad. But in this case, like the energy from cast to crew, from all ranks of the crew to all the actors, uh, writers, it's just you, we see it every week. We see it like uh, on social media. We're seeing it here with this little show that we're doing. Um, we just everyone's so happy, but the fans are crazy about it. Uh, the cast themselves, and when someone gets killed off on the show, they still watch the show religiously. You know, I, you know, Patrick Fabian, he was on the show before Tom and I started this, and oh, and the and, best, Isn't yeah, he the best? and going to yeah. like he's not even involved in any of the scenes, but he's out there in the desert, you know, doing some stuff, taking some photos of Tom and the crew, and it's just it's just so cool to see that. I um. And it's so funny. I always, uh, God, I, I, I have to tell you, um, I think it's some of the best work Michael McKean's, and he's so great in everything he does, but oh my God, I just, I loved him on Saul. Like loved, loved, loved him on Saul. And I cannot, I can't imagine anyone else playing that role. And like, to me as an actor, when you do that, I'm like, I, I don't even want to think about it. And there are a lot of great actors, so could, but like he was, oh, just perfection, just perfection. And he's a lovely guy too. He is. You know, like it's, it's really, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun group to be a part of. And another guitar player in the Gillaverse as well too. And a great musician. Who? Michael McCann. Michael McCann, Spinal Tap. Oh my God, that's right. Of course. The handlebars, Derek Smalls, right? He's a, co- he's a guitar <laughs> player. He was David St. Hubbins, lead, lead guitar, rhythm guitar and lead singer. Oh. My God, I quote that movie, and if um, younger people don't know it, I feel like they shouldn't be in the business. Oh, agreed. And yeah. I push the elevator button and say, well, this one goes to 11. If you don't know <laughs> what that is, there's really, it's a litmus test. There's really nothing for us to talk about. I'm like, it's your wife. It's your fucking wife. Like, if you don't know what that is, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, it's probably one of the first things I asked you, Tom. Yep. If you went to 11, 11, well, it's one more, isn't it? <laughs> it's one more. It's one more. I had, I had Harry Shearer on the show here in, in full Derek Small's character, just like having Betsy Brandt and, uh, I mean, sorry, uh, uh, Julian Emery and, uh, and Jeremy Shermos in character. I had Derek Smalls on the show in character. And I asked him, I said, because people, when I had my hair longer, they'd always say to me, you look like Derek Smalls from Spinal Tap. And they thought they were offending me, right? Like, they thought that was like a troll comment. I love it. And so I had him on the show in full character. And I said to him, I said, Can you, what would you say to the wankers that say, I suck as a YouTuber because I look like Derek Smalls? And he thought about it for a second. He goes, you're wankers, like this. And then I, he never breaks character. And I almost broke him. I said to him, I said, uh, so I know you're, you know, you're getting older and I know you're not going to retire for a long time. But if you ever did, you, know, you, you have such a, a great voice. You might consider maybe a career in voice acting. And he almost broke his character for a second, and he kind of chuckled a little bit, retained his composure. But uh, you know, obviously, being the voice of the Simpsons and just about everything out there, yeah. you know, wonderful, wonderful voice. But anyways, yeah, love uh, that. This I has been a fantastic that. evening. It's been an absolute pleasure. Te- technology is finally working with me. I feel so much I've elated tonight. You know, because I'm not just letting down our viewers and our guests here tonight as well, too. I want to make sure this is working great for Tom. And yeah, but you know what? The great thing about the pandemic is, like, we don't sweat shit, shit like that anymore, I know, right? I know. Just, like, it's like, oh, you know, like, I, I hope that we keep that. Because there, there are a lot of really important things to worry about. But, yeah. like. You know, it's and it's it's good. It's good of you to make some mistakes so that people know they can make them too. Yeah. So that's basically a service that you just did. There you go. I yeah. think I, I I hear Betsy post pandemic yelling at a PA. My latte is too cold. <laughs> yeah, because you know how I do that. You call this yeah. a fucking coffee? Is that what you call this? <laughs> Where right. are you from? Do you Where know who I embarrassment? am? Yeah. <laughs> A big thank you as well, too, to our beautiful Leanne. She goes by Ladybug in the chat. She's a good friend of ours. She's one of our moderators as well, helping Sandro. Thank you so much, Leanne. Thank you to all the wonderful uh, uh, guys and girls in the chat tonight. You made a fantastic evening for, for all of us here. Uh, oh, such good questions. Really yeah. good questions. So Tom and I are off. Is it the next two weeks or just the next week, Tom? Is it two weeks? I think we're just going to pause for Labor Day. Okay. And then 
try to come back the week after that. Perfect. So we're still working on guests for that. I may be live on my traditional show, Rock Shop Live, in lieu of uh, Gilliverse. So I might be live. That we'll, we'll post on social media as well, too. But uh, make sure you watch. Now's the perfect time to subscribe to the channel. Turn on the post notifications because when we do these things go up, you, you'll get the notification instantly so you don't miss these things. It's always fun to watch them back, but it's at the same time, it's great to be here live so you can ask these questions. So, Betsy, don't go away. We'll say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, have a safe weekend out there. Please be very safe. And uh, the safer you are uh, for you and your family, it's also the safer and faster times that all these great actors and writers get to go back to work, which we all want. We're waiting for season six, and we won't have it until it's safe. So let's uh, let's all do our part. We talk about doing service. That's your service to work on, all right, for your families and for the, uh, the fandom of the Gilliverse. All right, everyone, have a great weekend. Betsy, thank you so much. We'll say goodbye to both of you yeah, off the air. Thanks so much for having me. Love you guys. Love all of you out there. Thank you. See you soon, thank everyone. Thank you, Betsy. Thanks again for tuning in to Inside the Gillivers with Tom and Eric. Be sure to check back each week for more great discussions and interviews with cast and crew from Breaking Bad, El Camino, and Better Call Saul. 